Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. And all of us gathered here today said, Amen. You know, for the last few weeks, I, I've, we've invited you to be still and get to know God a little more. As I've been thinking about this, and, and, and this week in particular, I, I really took that to heart. And in those moments that I could be still, I tried to take a picture of it. Just to remember what that stillness would feel like. Just to remember what it would mean just to be still, to stop, to take a moment. And to open ourselves up to get to know God a little bit better. And what I discovered was is that the only time I can ever find quiet and stillness is really early in the mornings. Wednesday mornings, I wake up about 5.30 in the morning, now most mornings at 6. But my alarm is set to go off at 6, but from 5.30 to 6 a.m., there's about seven different alarms that go off to try to get me up in the morning so I can make it to 6.30 in the morning men's Bible study. But this particular uh, Wednesday, as I got in my car and uh, was sitting in the parking lot before... Uh, the Bible before really everybody came in, I could hear the stillness of God. And it was just this moment of just, you knew that you were in the presence of God because it just felt sacred and holy. But I didn't take a picture of it because it was too cold and I still wasn't fully awake yet. But I made a note of it. And then earlier this week, or on Fridays, we had... Um, well, it was Thursday that we had, or no, it was Wednesday we had a bomb threat. Man, Wednesday was a cool Wednesday, wasn't it? Wednesday, we had a bomb threat across the street at the county courthouse, and so we evacuated the building, made sure that everybody was in the building, and we were waiting on one parent to come and pick up their child, but I remember sitting in the office, just looking across the street, being still, and praying that everything was going to be all right. That it was just someone being not intelligent and wanting to get out of a parking ticket, which now they're wanting, now they're going to have to face even more uh, issues because they did something even worse. But I could still feel the presence of God sitting at the desk. And then this evening, today, one of the things I love about Sunday mornings is that I get here around 7 o'clock, sometimes around 7 o'clock, just depending on how quick I get out of bed and shower and all that stuff, but I was sitting up in the sound booth, going through the slides and everything, making sure we had everything ordered. And it was really pretty to watch. Now sometimes it's more pretty because the sun's really out. Today the sun's not out like it is, but on those really bright sunny days, just come in here and sit and watch the sun come out into the sanctuary. It's one of the most beautiful things you'll ever see. So we ask, I want, to, I want to invite you to continue that practice this next week, because next week will be the last week of the sermon series where we're inviting you to intentionally be still, to be able to hear God. Because our lives are so busy and so chaotic that sometimes we forget just to be still. Today we're going to look at Moses and how he, was, how he challenged the, the Israelites to keep still. 
So will you join with me in the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 10 through 22. Hear these words. As Pharaoh drew closer, closer, the Israelites looked back and saw the Egyptians marching towards them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Weren't there enough graves in Egypt that you took us away to die in the desert? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt like this? Didn't we tell you the same thing in Egypt? Leave us alone. Let us work for the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to work for the Egyptians than die in the desert. But Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand your ground. And watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You just keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why don't you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to get moving. As for you, lift up your shepherd's rod, stretch out your hand over the sea, and split it into two, so the Israelites can go into the sea on the dry ground. But me, I'll take the Egyptians stubborn, so that they will go in after them, and I'll gain honor at the expense of Pharaoh, all of his armies, chariots, and his cavalry. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. When I gain honor at the expense of Pharaoh, his chariots, and his cavalry. God's messenger, who had been in front of Israel's camp, moved, moved and went behind them. The column of cloud moved from the front and took its place behind them. It stood between Egypt's camp and Israel's camp. The cloud remained there, and when the darkness fell upon the night, they didn't come near each other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hands over the sea. The Lord pushed back the sea by a strong east wind all night, turning the sea into dry land. The waters were split in two, and the Israelites walked away into the sea on the dry ground. Then the waters formed a wall between them on their right hand and on their left. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Maybe if you've seen the movie Moses, this thing's already played out in your hand. Charlton Heston holding his arms wide open like this, the seas parting, the, the Israelites going across the deal, and as soon as he drops his hands, boom, Pharaoh's army taking away. See, I actually grew up with that movie. That movie, I know, because every year at Passover, we didn't go to church, but Dad would make sure that every year at Passover, we would sit and watch that movie. That very long movie. It's not just a two-hour convenience, sit down and watch. And, but when, even when you add commercials into it, it is a marathon. But yet that image still plays out in my head. Charles Preston being Moses raising his hand, sees opening. And it probably did yours too. Because that's what we know. That's what we're comfortable with. Today in the story, I see this, this image of, of Moses walking in the desert with the Israelites. The same story that we've all heard when our kids, when we're traveling to and from somebody's house on a, on a holiday. Dad, are we there yet? And the traditional response is, 
Five more minutes. And you keep prolonging that. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. Well, the Israelites have had enough. They've been wandering around for a long time. And they finally called Moses out. Look, Moses, are we really lost? Like, we were in a better situation back in Egypt, under slavery, under oppression, than we are out here in the desert roaming around. We won't even acknowledge that God's been with us this whole time. We won't acknowledge that. We're angry. We're frustrated. We want to go home. Have you ever been in kind of those conversations? When you're in the car for a long ride, and all the kids want to say, finally, we'll go home. I remember when I was a kid, my dad got this great idea. I think I was around second grade at the time. Dad got this great idea to take a family vacation. It was the only one I ever remember us taking is all seven of us piling in this Chevy big conversion van, and we head to Florida. The Florida part of the trip was great. We got to go to the beach. We had a great time in Pensacola. Everything went great. But then my dad got this bright idea to go all the way up to Evansville, Indiana. Pensacola, Florida. I am Oklahoma. Pensacola, Florida. Evansville, Indiana. It makes no sense going home that way. Only Moses could understand why we would go that far out of the way to get home. But on the whole trip, I remember on the way home, we were... We'd been in Evansville for a couple of days to see one of my dad's uh, favorite students that had been one of his students that had gone on and graduated. We were visiting them. They were people that helped raise us. You know, we enjoyed getting to see Ruth and Brian. But I remember about halfway home, we were almost probably close to St. Louis. Me just crying out, I just want to go home. It's been a long time. At that time, I think it had been a week and a half. It had been the longest I've been away from my home. My bed, my room, my comfort level. And Dad telling me, we're almost home. Almost home was a day and a half later. <laughs> but sometimes we need to be reminded to be still. And in this moment where, where everything is going amok, and, and everything is going wrong, and Moses just looks at the Israelites and says, the Lord will fight for you. And just keep still. But earlier in that verse, in verse 13, he prefaced it with all those famous biblical words. Remember, if you ever hear the words, don't be afraid, you know something big is going to happen. He says, don't be afraid, stand your ground, and watch, the Lord will rescue you. Moses had faith that they were in the right spot. Moses knew that they were moving in the right direction, that everything pointed towards freedom. But it was going to take some time. It wasn't something that was done instantaneously. It wasn't something that was done uh, in a brief moment. It was going to take time to get where they needed to be. So he told them, just be still. It'll be all right. Now, I would imagine that this probably really wasn't the full conversation. This is only the Cliff Notes version. I'm sure he probably got a little bit angry at them. Because could you imagine people griping at you for 40 years, wandering in the desert, and for all this time they were wandering around, and then... I mean, I couldn't imagine. And they... I, I know, I messed up. They weren't wandering around for 40 years. It was after that. They didn't even know what they were walking into. But they'd only been around for a few weeks. And they were already angry. Could you imagine yourself in that situation? 
What would you do if you were Moses? You'd probably answer back in anger. You'd probably say, be quiet. I'm tired of you. It'll be all right. God took care of us before. He'll take care of us again. Maybe we need to hear those words. And it will be all right. That God will take care of us in the end. We just have to be still. And be patient. And stay the course ahead of us. Because God's going to free us. But we can't be in a hurry. John Wesley has this line in this letter that he wrote in 1777. I'm always in a haste, but never in a hurry. Far too often we want to hurry the voice of God. We want to say, talk to me now. I want to hear it now. I need it now. Because we have so much access to instant things. We can grab a phone and we can talk to someone in China instantly. Some of you may remember the days of, of the phone operator that had to, to, to move the lines over and you were on all those crazy ways that the phones operated and it wasn't as easy as it used to be. And so it took time. Now we know what's happening across the world in a matter of seconds. There's something to sitting still and waiting for God. That gives us hope. There's something about being still and knowing God that can provide us peace in the midst of chaos. And I think far too often we forget that. But because we come like the Israelites and we want it now, we, we assume that we were being liberated now, and sometimes it takes time. But we have to trust that God is in control. We have to trust that God is God. And we are not. I liked how Shannon gave the kids the instructions to use your GOS, God, others, and self. And so this week, when you're being still and getting to listen to God, ask yourself, how is God calling you to be faithful to God? How is God calling you to be faithful to others? How is God calling you to show your faith to even yourself? If we can do those three things, everything else will fall into place. But we have to open ourselves up to stillness. Because that's where God speaks. As we notice throughout this journey, throughout this whole sermon series, the scriptures that we've read, the, 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 all the things that we've looked at have, have challenged us to open ourselves up to God's still, small voice. Because it's there where God is calling us. It's there where God is leading us. It's there where God will take care of us. And I love this line from John Wesley that has rumored this. His final words were, the best of all is God is with us. And so no matter what you've got going on in your journey, no matter what chaos may be in your life, know this, God is with us. And in that stillness that you experience, open yourself up to what God may be saying to you. Because it may not be exactly what you thought, but it may be where God needs you to be. So be still and listen for God. Let's pray.
Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Hand Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at tahlequahumc.org.